Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. I got to get straight into this. I have lots of words for you. I have 16 pages of notes. I've been pumped about this message for over a month now. And the more I thought about it, the more nervous I got to preach it. And my husband did try to mess me up. Rude. Why are you preaching on that, babe? I'm like, well, the Lord told me to. So what else am I supposed to do? But (laughs) the funny thing is, yes, I know the devil didn't want me to preach it because I woke up yesterday with my eyes almost swollen shut and my face super big. And I haven't eaten gluten in a really long time. And I ate a donut the night before. And I think it went straight to my face. So I was like scratching and itching my face all day yesterday, praying that I would be able to do this message because the enemy definitely didn't want me to. Um, Because I am preaching on the Ten Commandments. And I really felt, I asked God, like, why do you want me to preach on the Ten Commandments? That's a little, that's a lot. Like, we're not a fire and brimstone church. Lord, you know us. We've been around 16 years and fresh, real, and powerful. Um, but God really showed me that because of the evil that's prevailing in the world, it is for such a time as this that we must stand even stronger on the truths in the word of God. And so, yes, you can live by rule number two, which is have fun, and you can live by the Ten Commandments. And that's what I love about our church and I love about our pastors, Pastor Jurgen and Leah, and I have to honor them because they have chosen in such a time of confusion and evil prevailing, they have chosen to stand for truth. And it's not always easy. And they definitely get the hate haters attacking and sending them messages. Pray for our pastors daily if you can, whenever you think of them, pray for them because they've made a bold and courageous stand. Um, for the kingdom of God and for the goodness of God to prevail in our land and their time. And it's not going to be on their watch that they will see the enemy have a footprint and leave a footprint here. They want to raise up the next generation in the things of God and the word of God, knowing the truths and the principles of God. And so I honor them and love them so much for doing that. Uh, I'm a product of this church. I've been in in this church for 16 years now, over 16. I think, did we just pass our 15-year anniversary? I can't remember. 16, almost almost 16 years, over 16 years, 17 years at Awaken. I came to the third service ever, and I met Dr. Matt on an airplane to Vegas. If you've been around, you probably know some of our story. Um, But I got saved on on the first Sunday he brought me. And if it tells you anything, I, well, he was also on the plane to Vegas, so that might tell you something. But I was on the plane to Vegas because I was definitely not living a Christian life. I wasn't even saved. Um, and I was going to Vegas for things that are there that I shouldn't have been going for. But here we are. I got saved. And uh, 16, 17 years later, thank God um, that he intervened in my life through way of a bold and courageous man named Dr. Matt Hubbard. It's been amazing. So I also love that we chose to preach in this series, culture, 
code something, something about culture. Can't remember the fancy tagline. But what we culture clash because that's what we do. We disrupt culture, the bad, the bad culture with the good way, the good culture. And it's, you know, we had a thousand salvations after Easter through our hero production and through our Easter services, which is magnificent and amazing. And thank you, Jesus. But we are here not just to win souls for Christ. We are here to disciple the people that God sends us. And you'll find at Awakened Church that sometimes you will be prickled and stung and triggered by some of the things like the fact that you have a female preacher on the stage right now. Some of you are like, what in the actual heck? Um, but Pastor Jurgen and Leanne promote the gifting and the calling on people's lives together as a couple. And under the authority of God and under the authority of Pastor Jurgen. We are allowed and able to do this. And so I thank God for that. And I never would have imagined myself on a stage in front of people preaching the word of God. I wanted to be a teacher um, my whole life. I wanted to be like, you know, an elementary or middle school teacher. My husband's laughing because he's like, wow, you can barely handle patience with our own kids. And you wanted to be a teacher. Yes. Yes, it is true. I just know how you think, babe. <laughs> this message is not about judging people. I know why you came over from San Marcos, because you need a reminder on the Ten Commandments. <laughs> I love you. Um, I wanted to be a teacher, and I actually like used to run out of the auditorium during the time of prayer, because I was afraid that I was going to get called on. I had so much fear and anxiety around even meeting a stranger that God had to totally get me delivered from that. Not to say I'm not nervous right now. Yes, I am. But at the same time, I know that God's called me to it. And when God calls you to something, just say yes. I'm also reminded that this message is not necessarily PG. There are some more rated R for the mature Christian folk. And so if you have kids in here, you might want to consider when I start to talk about point number six, I think it is. Uh, kids church might be a good option at that point. So preaching on the 10 commandments and the title of my message this morning is check yourself before you wreck yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. And I want you to take in what I'm going to, going to bring to you through the 10 commandments. I want to make these really relevant to our lives today, because obviously this was thousands of years ago, um, that this law was presented, but Besides only in the Old Testament, it's also preached about and spoke about through Jesus and his disciples. So it is still relevant today. Um, it's just that sometimes we look at this stuff and we think that's for the olden days. Well, no, it actually applies to our daily lives. And I want you to look at this through a filter of what the Psalm says is search my heart, O God. Search my heart, O Lord. And this is between you and God. And this isn't for you to say, here's the Ten Commandments. I'm going to go tell my mother, brother, sister, father, neighbor, spouse, what they should and shouldn't be doing, you know, in, the, in their life. This is for Jesus to convict and the Holy Spirit to convict. And I can tell you the best way in my own life for me to have a revelation and change is when I get convicted myself. It's less when someone points it out or tells me, and especially when my husband tells me, it's like, okay, fine, then I'm going to do the opposite. <laughs> I've gotten better, though. He said, don't preach on the Ten Commandments. I said, dang, I'm going to preach on the Ten Commandments then, babe. <laughs> And I'm also not coming to preach this to you because I'm perfect. No pastor 
or preacher or guest speaker that you see on these, these stages are perfect. Uh, that is Jesus. Jesus is perfect. And he died for our sins so that we do not have to be perfect, but he's given us these keys to the kingdom through the Ten Commandments so that we can be set free. And the Bible says in Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so this message is not to bring condemnation to you, but it's for you to chew on and pray about and pray through and ask God, let God search your heart. And if you feel convicted, explore that area and maybe ask someone to help pray with you. Ask someone to help guide you through it. Ask the questions. I'm going to share some of my story today where I've done that in my own life and it's brought so much breakthrough. And the way that God showed me the Ten Commandments as I was writing this is my husband and I just bought property out in Escondido. And at first I was getting really nervous because it's, it's 11 acres and we have a little dog and she would run out and I wouldn't see her for hours. And I kept having to remind myself, there's a fence around your property. There's a fence around your property and that fence is made for protection. And God showed me that similar to the Ten Commandments, they can be looked at as a border that if we follow can be put around our life in order to be protected from the things that are not supposed to be in it. So fences and boundaries can be a really good thing and help us a lot in life. And I remember a few weeks ago, my daughter came to me and she was like, oh my gosh, mom, my cap fell off my tooth. And it was gross. It was like the cap they put on when you're little. And anyways, it came off. And I looked in her mouth and sure enough, there was a big, huge cavity. And it was like black and gross and it smelled really bad. But none of us could see how bad it was because the dentist had put a cap on it. And just like that, I want you to search your own life. Where have you put a cap on it or put a mask on it to try to cover the things that you're trying to hide from other people? Where at Awakened Church, fresh, real, and powerful is what we stand on. And our expectation is that you can get breakthrough if you can be real and you can uncover those things that you may have tried to hide before. All right, so we're going to get into this now. Here we go. Ten Commandments. Ready, guys? Pastor Samuel's ready. He's got his notebook out. Take some notes. All right. I'm going to do this, actually, I'm going to do this a little differently to keep you on your toes, um, because I heard, I felt some of you just completely check out when I was about to start. So we're going to start with number 10. Good? We're going to go backwards. You shall not covet. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, his male or female servant, his ox or his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Who is your neighbor? Everyone is your neighbor. And what are you not supposed to covet? Anything. Nothing. And let's be honest. I know we all saw the Vision Builders video last week of the beautiful couple, the Hepfers, that just got their dream home. Amazing. I know some of you were triggered. I know for a fact there are people in here that were triggered by that video. And I want to remind you of this is that without fully knowing, they, they gave us a glimpse of their story in that video and praise God for the miraculous home that they got blessed with. But most of us don't know the full backstory of what has happened in their life up to that point. And they happen to be one of the most faithful people in our church, one of the most faithful givers. And they even talk about that. They gave away their previous home. And God has seen their hearts, seen their faithfulness, and they are blessed with this miracle. 
And if you sat in that, that few moments of, of that, and you were either jealous or coveting what happened in their life, God is no respecter of persons. God is a respecter of principles. And when they follow, when we follow the principles of God, we can see the hand of blessing and the hand of God over our lives. See, jealousy destroys joy and comparison is from the devil. And we have to be so careful when something comes to us like Jessica, for example, her blonde hair, I really love. And I was sitting there during worship and I'm like, wow, how did she have amazingly curly, perfect, beautiful hair during Hero as an angel? And now it's perfectly, beautifully straight. I'm like, I would really like that. Okay. But here's the difference is that we can be inspired by the people around us and what they have and, and what God has blessed them with. And we can be inspired by that, but it becomes a problem when we become obsessed and jealous of it. And there's many times in my life where I've had to check myself in this area because I'm so inspired by female pastors and female preachers all around me. I'm so inspired by Pastor Leanne, but the moment I try to become like them or become them is when it becomes a problem. And I remember in my newer days of pastoring a few years ago and preaching, I, I started to try to figure out who I wanted to be like. And I would sit there and think about it. I'm like, do I want to be a preacher like Lisa Bafir? No, Wendy Prez, she's really bold and powerful. And then I even got so far as to go to Pastor Leanne and say, who do you think I should try to be like? And she's like, I want you to be like Kayla Ray. I want you to be you. And I was like, just me. And then I got so convicted because this area hasn't been a huge area of stretch for me. Ask my husband. It really has. But it wasn't until I decided I was okay and actually happy to be me and bring what I can, what God's called me to bring to the table is when the hand of God and, and the grace of God came upon me. And so let's not let jealousy get the best of us in what God's called us to, because you can actually put a ceiling over your calling in life, whether it's in business, whether it's in ministry, whether it's in your finances, if you try to accomplish things because of what you see being accomplished around you. Amen? Amen. I have so much to say. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Skipping that page. Okay. We're going to move on to number nine. Number nine. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor, which is this. You shall not lie. Shall not lie. Don't lie. Proverbs 12.22 says this. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. And the main area that the Lord really showed me in this is sometimes we can actually not necessarily lie, lie to people around us, but lie to ourselves. And it's when we actually can bring our heart and place it and put ourselves in front of a mirror and ask God, help, help me to see this gap. What, it, what am I trying to do here when not showing up? I'm saying one thing, but being another. And that's where I see the authenticity portion. This, is, this church is fresh, real, and powerful. We want authenticity. We want real. We don't want you to lie to yourself. We don't want you to lie to us and say you got it all together and you really don't. We want you to bring your mess to the altar so that God can transform your life. And we want to help cultivate that in your life. Don't do that song. Tell me lies, 
tell me, sweet little lass. Don't do that. Song of Songs 2.15 says, Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyard, our vineyard that are in bloom. And this is one area where this little fox can creep in because it's so of the enemy. The enemy, the devil, Lucifer, is the father of lies. And it tells me that if you are lying, you actually cannot live without peace because Jesus Christ is the prince of peace. So it becomes an internal, internal battle. And that Bible scripture that talked in James 1.8, it says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And how much so did we see that in the story in Hero? And it's a Bible story. It's in the Bible. But in Hero, it was portrayed so amazing where Judas actually betrayed Jesus. And he was so tormented because he said one thing and acted another way and did another, uh, another thing. And he was so tormented, he ended up taking his own life. And those lies that we hold on to the inside of us will destroy us. An end, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Come on. All right. Amen. Moving on to number eight. Y'all good still? Okay. With me. <laughs> See, you can have fun. Wow, that awakened church, they're cheering during the Ten Commandments. Heck yeah, we are. Number eight. You shall not steal, shall not steal. Now I'm not sitting there thinking I'm preaching to people who are going into their neighbor's house and stealing their TVs and stealing their things. Uh, No, I'm definitely not thinking that. But one area that God highlighted to me is in the area of tithes. And when we don't bring our tithes to the Lord, to the kingdom and submit our finances to God, we are actually stealing what already belongs to him. Every blessing is from heaven. Every blessing that God delivers to you, there is a, a tenth of it that belongs to the Lord that we must return into his hands. And Pastor Samuel preached so amazing on this this morning, and we preach it every week for a reason, not only because it's here and it's biblical, but we know that God can move in your life when you submit that into his kingdom. When you submit your money and your finances and your provision into the house of God, you can see the hand of blessing come upon you. Our obedience in this area is crucial to our breakthrough in finances. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 says this, I planted, so you and me, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but God gives the increase. He who plants and he who waters are one and each will receive his own reward according to his labor. What you sow, you will reap. Not what you steal, you will reap. What you sow, you will reap. I can only preach on that because I've been a tither since my first Sunday here when I had no idea what I was doing. But Pastor Jurgen said so. So I said, okay, I must do that. And I've seen the hand of blessing upon my life. So number seven is this. You shall not commit adultery. Oh, this is the point for kids. If the kids are here. Genesis 2.24. God designed marriage to be a covenant, not a contract. This, that is why a man leaves his father and his mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. See, God prioritizes marriage and ever since he created it, the enemy's been trying to steal it. And the biggest way the enemy tries to steal it these days is through lust, a spirit of lust and a porn addiction. And we need to talk about this and I'm not gonna go super deep so you only have to clench your 
booty for a couple seconds. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. But what porn does is this. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be serious. It is serious. It is serious. What it does, it creates a false reality in, in a marriage that is an expectation that can never be met. And if this is a part of your marriage or relationship, or if you're not married and this is a part of your life, we want to help you get set free. And I was so struck by this, actually. We have a couple in our church who just did the recovery program, and that's the greatest way to overcome this spirit is to get prayed for, go to men's prayer, and go to Awaken Recovery Program. But we just had a couple renew their vows last night, and um, they are a very near and dear couple to our heart, but this had become a real part of their marriage two years ago to the point where it, they were, she was done, out of there, I'm gone, I can't do this. Rightfully so. But through the power of transformation, of God's transformation, the love of Jesus, he got fully delivered and set free. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And they were able to renew their vows last night. And she did her, her vows. And she said, I, I wanted you to die. Like it, there was so much hatred. So not only did he have to get fully set free and delivered from a, an addiction, a very real thing that was destroying his life. It was also destroying her life. And she was then, she then had to go on a journey of healing and a journey of forgiveness. So not only did that one thing affect him, it affected her. And they had to both get healed together in order to stand together in forgiveness and say and renew their vows. And she said, I fully forgive and surrender this to you, God, and to her man. And it was just the most powerful thing. So all that to say is, this can be overcome. This can be something that was yesterday and not today. This can be an area of breakthrough. And we are a church that wants to stand with you because we want to get in the real things. And this is a real thing and pandemic in our life, in our world today. All right. Number six, you shall not murder. You shall not murder. Don't do it. If you have done it, Jesus loves you. We have a special counseling room over there. Um, you shall not worry. I wanted to bring this point through because as we recently, maybe some of you know or don't know, as if abortion is not enough, now in California, it has become legalized for a, a four-week-old baby, up to four week, weeks old, to not investigate if something happens, God forbid, something happens to that baby. Six weeks? Six? Oh, sorry. It's, it's four weeks. But um, this is, is one of the little foxes in the tactics of the enemy that has come in where it's just happening right under our eyes. Like these things are just happening. All of a sudden, we hear nothing about this. And then all of a sudden, it's getting signed on our governor's desk that, that up to four weeks. And what happens is in those four weeks, a mom gives birth, and I'm telling you, you are not in the most emotionally stable, mentally place of mind. You, you are tired. You are trying to figure this out. You have a newborn baby, and God forbid something happens, and, and the mom actually makes something happen in her worst place, worst emotional and mental place of her life. 
she will never get investigated. She, it, will, it, will never, it will be totally looked past. So they're basically extending murder. Now you can murder from the womb all the way up to four weeks, and it is allowed. It's not contended. It's allowed. Any reason under the sun, there, now there could be a reason, like, um, I don't want to get into that, but there could be a valid reason. But if there's not, and the, the mom actually needs to be punished, she won't be now. And it, it's a very evil and wicked thing that we must contend against. And it might sound crude and harsh that we have the, you know, the legislators' names on a picture and we call them murderers, but it is true. We must speak the truth. We must stand for righteousness. We must call murder what it is. We must call the thing what it is and not look past it. To take that one step further, the Bible actually says that even if you hate somebody in your heart, that is like murder. First John 3, 14, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And that's why God calls us to forgive. If we have an issue with our brother, our sister, our family member, our friend, that is why God calls us to forgive. And he's not asking us to forgive because they deserve it. Because most times when you're hurt by somebody, it's not that they deserve the forgiveness. It's for our own healing and our own wholeness and our own hearts to be set free so that we don't have to live in bondage. Amen. Amen. Okay. Number five. Y'all still with me? Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment that actually is attached to a blessing. It's a, it's attached to a promise. I should say, honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land. The Lord, your God is giving you. And I think that's so beautiful that God would promise us something if we can capture this. And as I was thinking about this one, I was like, why would God be so adamant on honoring father and mother? And I think sometimes because God wants us to honor when it's hard and when it's difficult and when it's undeserving. And so all of us are brought up by parents who, who have parents, who have parents, who have parents, who have parents, and you're not most of the time, it's not going to come from this epic Christian lineage where everyone was healed and healthy and whole. And then all of a sudden there's you and it's like you're Jesus. Usually that doesn't happen. So God knows that hurts and pains happen all along the line, all along the generations. There's generational curses and those people parent out of those things. We all do. And God knows that. So he says, honor your father and mother. Because there are going to be things that come up. And trust me, I know. I have a dysfunctional father who I love and I honor him for who he is and how, what he did in his best ways to raise me. But that being said, God calls us to honor because these are not perfect parents. They're not perfect people. And oftentimes the hardest ones to honor. Oftentimes our parents are the hardest ones to honor. And I even wanted to go another layer deeper is because I was thinking about my own kids. And I was like, wow, if I can learn how to model honoring my parents, even though my kids watch it all go down, like they see things, they hear things. If I can honor with my words and honor with my heart, my parents in front of my kids, then they are going to learn that for themselves. And I won't be facing an issue in 10 years going, why don't my kids honor me? What the heck? <laughs> honor will determine what and who you can attract into your life. 
Honor will bring things. And one of the most beautiful things about my husband I've watched is I've watched people steal money from him. I've watched people say bad things about him. I've watched people who deserve nothing from him. I've watched him honor them because it's been modeled by our wonderful pastor, Pastor Jurgen, who honors people so incredibly well. And when we can honor the people around us, you will see the hand of God move supernaturally over your life. Amen. All right. Number four, number four, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. That's today, Sunday. You're all in church, so I'm preaching to the choir a little bit. But it goes on to say, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. And it says some other things. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. If it's good enough for God to take time off, it's good enough for you and me. I'm telling you, look what he did in six days. He got a whole heck of a lot of stuff done. He made everything. You and me and the world and earth and animals and everything. He made it all in six days. And then he rested. And I want to I tell you that you are in charge of your own time. I hear so many people being like, ah, too busy for that, too busy for that. Why are you too busy for that? Because you set up your life that way. And my husband and I have, are constantly challenged in this area because we have demands in business, in friends, in family, in church, and everything. But we make it a priority for a Sabbath to make sure we have enough time in our week that we can prioritize the things that are most important, which is God and family. And I'm telling you, if you can do this, you will see the fruit increase in your life. When you rest can be your weapon. And when you take that day of rest, you will supernaturally see other things. Rather, if you take the, all the 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and work your behind off and work and work and work until you're exhausted, you're not going to be able to produce as much. The fruit in your life will, will not flourish if you don't take the time to rest. And in all of us, every once in a while, need to look at our calendars and make sure that we know we are in charge of our time. Uh, if that thing's on my calendar, it's because I put it there. If that thing's on my schedule this week, it's because I made that commitment. And then you're not allowed to look at your calendar. I'm only telling you all this stuff because I've been fully convicted myself. You're not allowed to look at your calendar for the week and be mad about it and then start backing out of things. And I see so many people of this, even my age and younger, have get, become really good at this. Excuses for backing out of things. And it's not okay because you put it on there in the first place and you gave your word. And so you got to follow through with it. And that's a tangent. So there you go. That's free. Free for your information. Okay. Number three, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. You shall not take the name of God in vain. I love that song we sang today. There's no power like the mighty name of Jesus. And oftentimes, <laughs> if you're hanging out with people that aren't Christians, which I recommend every once in a while you need to do and realize that we kind of live in a little bubble, which is really nice. But sometimes, you know, there's this thing called evangelism. Got to get out, get out in the world and rescue the people. But sometimes if you hear someone like on the phone the other day, this guy was talking to you, I was selling something to him and he goes, Jesus Christ. And I'm like, oh my God, where? Is he there? I'm like, cause that's bad news. Cause I'm still on earth. What's happening. But 
let's use the name of Jesus the way that the Lord intends us to. We can bind and loose things. We can bind the things of the enemy. We can loose the things of God over our life if we can learn the power of the name of Jesus. I could do a whole message on the power of our words. Save that for another day. Okay, number two, number two, counting it down. Here we go. You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord God, am a jealous God. God is jealous for us. He wants our heart. He wants our time. He wants our spirit. And when anything comes in the way of that, it will hinder our ability to have a connection with our creator and our father. And you see this everywhere. I mean, we have become such busy people that we can find things that we idolize. And with social media, there's celebrities being idolized and raised up in, in given authority and power. And the one area that I really wanted to speak into in this is a lot of these celebrity pastors. And I wanted to speak into this because right now we're seeing some of the biggest and most influential churches completely dismantled due to sin and due to idolizing things that are not of God. And we have to be so sober-minded to this that we don't let those things that become a distraction become idols and become more important than our God and our Father. It's so easy to idolize people and money and power. And these are the things, if we, if we turn our focus off of God and onto these things, then we will start to see the, the hand of God move to where He's being made famous, where His name is being made famous, where His name is the one above all other names. And I have a really practical story to tell you. Do I have enough time? Yeah. Um, so it was our 10-year anniversary six years ago. And I told my husband, whoa, you married 10 years. Do I get a ring upgrade? And he, at first he's like, what? You don't like your ring I gave you? It was so special and sentimental. And I'm like, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> I do like my original ring. But he ended up getting me an upgraded ring. And I was obsessed with it. I I'm still really love it. I still have it. But um, I was like so obsessed with it. So I was sitting in a, a session with Mike Connell where he was preaching. And we first we were doing worship and I was looking up and I'm like, Jesus, you are Lord. And then I saw my ring and I'm like, I really love this ring. And then like halfway through worship, I'm like, I haven't even worshiped God. I've been staring at my ring the whole time. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think I have an issue. And then sure enough, Mike Connell does his preach. And then he says, if any one of you like has anything you want to deal with, come to the front. And this is the preacher that like busts demons off. He gets right after it. Like he's going after those things that are not of God. And so I watch everyone, every single person. There was only a meeting with like 50 of us, but everyone except me got up to go forward. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, and God's like, you think like, I just showed you, you have an issue and you're not gonna get up. And I'm like, that's not an issue. I love my ring. My husband gave it to me. It's so innocent. And I'm like, that's not an issue. And then sure enough, within like three minutes of me sitting there, I'm like, oh gosh, I really have an issue. So I went up to get prayed for. 
I got prayed for and I knew I had an issue right away because I started crying. Okay, if you're ever on the altar and you start crying, there was an issue. God's doing something. God's doing something. Crying, crying, crying. I leave to go back to my seat and I'm like, okay, cool. I feel good now. God's like, no, that's not it. Now you need to go tell someone to hold you accountable. And I'm like, flip. So I go over to my friend. I'm like, hey, here's what just happened. Do you think maybe, I mean, I got prayed for, I'm good, right? And she's like, well, I would pray about it. I think that there's definitely something there. And anytime someone says, go pray about it, that's true tell sign. They're agreeing with you. You have an issue. It's you're just waiting for the Holy Spirit to convict you so you actually believe it. Because if I told you, you probably wouldn't believe it. So I'm like, all right, I'll pray about it. Remembering all the tears and everything. So I go home. I'm like, all right, let's see if I have issues. So I took the ring off. And I actually was like, I'm going to make sure I really don't have an issue with this thing. And I took the ring back to where we bought it. And I said, I need you to sell this. I can't have this. And the guy just thought it was a lunatic. He's like, what? You just bought that like a year and a half ago. Your husband got it for you. And I'm like, I know. I can't have it. Long story short, you keep it. So try to sell it, try to sell it, try to sell it. It never sold. So it sat there for like a year and a half. And then my husband's like, well, you're just going to leave it there? I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. So I prayed about it. I went back and got it and I brought it home and I put it in my safe. And I'm like, all right, let's really see how this goes. So I was like, all right. Then I'm like one day, I didn't even think about it, but I found it. I was doing something, looking for passports or something. I don't know. And I found it. And I was like, oh, I should put that back on. I put my ring back on. And I am telling you that attachment that I had before was completely broken and completely gone. And you're thinking... Yeah, that's because you still have the ring. No, I'm telling you, nothing changed in the physical, but I, in my heart, in the supernatural, in the spiritual, there was an attachment that was unhealthy, that was there, that was distracting my relationship with God and focusing in it, it, whether it's a ring or a car or a house or anything in your life that takes precedence over the Lord God, then that is the question to ask. Do I need to do something about this? Do I need to get prayed for? Do I need to sell it? The Lord told my husband to sell his dream car about five years ago, and he did. And I can tell you that the hand of blessing, of God's blessing, will be on your life if you constantly keep your heart. Search my heart, oh Lord, for those time, those things in my life that are becoming more important than you. And as I come to a close, the last one is this. Number one, you shall have no other gods before me. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. See, there's people in this room that need to position God in his rightful place. And even with these coexist bumper stickers, God hates that. It's like, no, I am God. I am the Lord, your God, one God. You have, shall have no other gods before me. And I want everyone here just to close your eyes and bow your heads as I give you the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord over your life, to commit your life to God. And I'm telling you, when I did this 16 years ago, coming to our church, I came in this church very far off, very far from perfect, very far from even living the way God wanted me to live. And as I present this moment to you, to receive Jesus, I want you to think about your own life and think about what things need to be reprioritized and know that you have 
people in a church that love you, that don't want you to stay in that place, that want to see you set free, that want to see you living for God. And so if you're here and you want to commit your life to Jesus or recommit one time you did, once before you did, but you need to do it again as a reminder to yourself and as a reminder to God that you have one God and Jesus is your Lord, then I want you to respond in this moment. I'm gonna count to three. And as I count to three, just shoot your hand in the air and I'm just gonna say a quick prayer over every person that receives Jesus today. So one, two, three, if that's you, just give your hand a raise and give me a wave. Anyone here? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. A couple more seconds. Anyone here? Search my heart, O oh Lord. I thank you, God, that right now we see ourselves through your eyes. We see our lives through your eyes and that you love us so much that you never leave us or forsake us. I thank you, Lord, that you are touching us, revealing things, shining lights in the areas of darkness in our life so that we could be whole and set free and live out the calling for your kingdom and your purposes in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already, and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.